Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. As uh, we understand, last week I was in Las Vegas. We went there mainly for the multifamily wealth project hosted by the one and only Jonathan Twomley and his partner. Uh, so I thought we should talk to Jonathan. What were my takeaways? What were his? I'm sure they're probably a little bit different. Uh, but Jonathan, uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to come out. We uh, we learned a lot. And yes, Olivia was there with me. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, for me, it was just a pleasure to finally meet you in person. That was great. And to meet Olivia and uh, meet some of your uh your your crowd from all right that was really great i really enjoyed that so that little morning session that we had on the second day of the yep. conference was was really fun i'm glad i was able to stop by yep. for that so yeah thank you for that that yeah. was they liked it they enjoyed they enjoyed putting your face to a name as well so yeah. thank you for that so uh i'll you were you were the host you know i i put on events before i know when you're done you get you feel like it's it's been a week. So, uh, what do what'd you think? What were your takeaways uh, from the event? Yeah, I mean, so gosh, it was it was a, we were obviously you know kind of sweating bullets the whole time, right? You know, sure. not only I mean on a whole bunch of different levels. I mean, uh, on the on the one hand, like it costs a lot of money to put an event like that on, and we yeah. we were, wanted to make sure that we didn't lose money or didn't lose too much money, and we managed to achieve that. But more importantly. Uh, you know, like you put on an event like that and you want to make sure everybody has a good time, right? They, right. they get value out of it. And so that we were, you know, obviously really worried about like what people were, how they were responding. And it's when you're up on stage and you're kind of like just trying to make sure that like everybody's where they're supposed to be. Like, is that speaker here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we had some issues with the hotel where they didn't put out, they were supposed to like mark the yeah. the the room for like the speaker speaker seats and then the VIP seats and they didn't do any of that for us and everybody just came in and started sitting down so it's like you know crazy stuff like that so I wasn't able to like really think about how it was going but by the second day once we kind of gotten over opening day jitters and stuff and I started getting feedback from people it was really you know gratifying yeah. because people Good. really just the feedback I got was really positive I and mean, ranging from like, I can't believe you got, this is your first conference. You guys pulled this off to like, you know, this was great because it was all content and no pitching. Yes. Tell me anything, yes. you know? And, and so, and the content, the quality of the content was really good. So I was, that's what we were going for. We wanted to have a pitch free content, rich, you know, value, laden event. And, and I think we pulled it off. So. Oh, no, no question. Not a pitch to be had by anyone. Uh, on stage. So that was very well done. Um, one of my biggest takeaways, it was actually a panel that you hosted. I think it was the second one of the day one where you had the debt and equity folks on stage. Yeah, the debt and equity. So the capital markets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that was that was eye-opening because I, I had understood them individually, but I never really put them together. So I think having them on stage together at the same time, because there's real pain across all of that. But yeah. when you understanding the, the moving pieces, uh, there might be some deals to be had just for people that need to need to get out because of bad debt structures, bridge yet. We've talked about a bunch. So I thought that was a eye opening panel. 
Yeah, I mean, so what, one of the interesting things um, for me about the panel was, and that, now I can't remember if it was that panel or the or the the, the state of the markets panel before that, but the, there was a lot of overlap in what people were talking about. And, and one of the things that came out that I thought was interesting was that when you had people who were focused more on institutional level deals, they were basically of the opinion that like, there's not going to be a lot of opportunity coming. Not, not because there's not a lot of opportunity, but you won't see it. The market, it'll never hit the market. It'll be, you know, the banks oh. will quietly take over, take over the loans and then they're going to quietly sell it to somebody else. And you're like, you're never going to have a chance to like find out about this. It's never going to go to a broker. Or if it does, you know, the, the broker may be the one finding the buyers, but it's all going to be happening on the down low. And, and so, but then there are other people on the panel who are like, no, there's going to be a ton of opportunity. But when you dug into that a little more deeply, what was clear was like, well, yeah, it's sort of like the upper institutional level of stuff. It's all going to be handled like, you know, very quietly, kind of like this. Yep. But at the lower levels where you and I are operating and where our listeners are operating, yeah. there's going to be probably a lot more distress and a lot more opportunity, therefore, for people who are, have positioned themselves to take advantage of it. I agree. My takeaway from that session is there's a collection of 10, maybe 20 buyers around the country for trophy properties, trophy assets. Those aren't going to hit the wire. Those will go to Blackstone. Those will go to other other huge operators. And there's, you know, less than 50 of them, right? Yeah. They, they will get the phone call and say, hey, you know, you're number three. Do you want it or not? So that'll be handed on the down low. But, you know, if you step down, that's where we play. And I just, it's going to be so much opportunity there and, and really opportunity, frankly, to be creative. Mm. And, you know, everybody wants to talk price, 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 but maybe the right answer is just, you know, deal structure, right? Maybe you absorb a, a, a institutions first, the seller gets a second at, you know, 1%, you get a blended interest rate of, I don't know, three and a half, but now you inject some equity and you, you right. hold for longer term. So, I think there's a lot of opportunity. Everybody wants to think price, price, you know, that Houston property that got sold for whatever it was, 187 and the deal was 300, right? Huge wipeout. Um, but maybe it's going to be creative financing or deal structure where the opportunity well, comes. I think, you know, one, one opportunity, and I think this came up in the, in the conference, somebody said this, and um, that the, they're, they're, so if you're, if you're a deal sponsor, right? you want to avoid a foreclosure on your record at all costs, because if you get foreclosed on, it's going to be years before a bank is going to lend you money again. So a lot of deal sponsors are going to be looking for ways to, uh, to not get foreclosed on. And, and it may be the case, and this is where, you know, the sponsor's interests are going to diverge from their LP's interests, but it's going to be the LP's who take the hit, right? The sponsors right. are going to want to sell, for whatever price they can sell to avoid getting foreclosed on, but that price may wipe out the equity, right? So um, depending on where interest rates go and how high they bought and all those different factors that go into like, you know, the difference between where they bought and where they're going to have to sell if they can't just extend to, you know, was it survive till 25? Like that's yes. the, the, that's the new right? saying. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you can't survive till 25, then, um, you know, there are going to be sponsors looking to sell. And so the, the, 
the way that you know you need to find these opportunities is to be networking with people who are sponsors. I think especially on the small end of things. So this is like perfect for this audience, right? Like mm-hmm. for the for the more out audience who's looking, you know, maybe to buy certain 10, 20 units. Yeah, right? exactly. Now, I think there there are some small syndicated deals out there that I, I'm always surprised to hear this because you know I always grew up hearing like it's too expensive to syndicate a small deal. So you don't do it, but there, but I've been hearing since then of like syndicated deals that are that are small. And I think some of those operators are they're not well capitalized, right? They don't have the money to like put in the additional equity. Their investors most likely are not going to want to respond to a capital call. They're just going to be like, look, let's just walk away from this thing. And uh and but those operators, if they want to live to play another day, they're gonna have to yes. sell. So you can effectively do like a sub two for these, yeah, right? Exactly. The debt, that's we don't call it sub two in multifamily. We call it assuming the debt, right? It's uh, an actual assumption approved by the lender. Yeah, this actually goes through the lender. It's not kind of like a little. I mean, I don't know that much about. It's not a side thing. Right? Yeah, minus, it's minus actually approved. Assumption is a little like on the kind of on the down low a little bit, but and the bank doesn't care because they get paid. But like, a, 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 an assumption is a formal thing. You have to go through the bank's underwriting and stuff. Right. But assuming that you can put together a group of investors who have strong enough balance sheet combined, right? You may be able to go and just assume this loan for the, you know, and get the, this asset for 75 cents on the dollar. Yeah, right? for, the, for so, the debt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just by taking on the debt and not even putting any equity into it, right? So um, I, I think there are going to be some some opportunities Absolutely. like this. That people need to look yeah, the other, thing I, the other thing I remember from the conference, you actually brought up something that you and I talked about, I think it was three or four months ago on this channel. I shared my experience for one of my regional banks saying, Hey, Michael, you know, after we did your statement, here's my file. We can't refi, you know, half of these. And yeah. it was really interesting to see how the panel reacted, which basically said, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. There are going to be some operators that never missed a payment, have a great relationship. And the bank's going to be like, I need the cash. Yeah. We, we talked about this before and I gave you a shout out. I wanted to make yeah. sure to give you a shout out. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciated that. So I, uh, but, um, the, yeah, I mean, I, I brought up your your story about banks, you know, needing to rebalance their own balance sheets and having become very heavily weighted towards multifamily and and wanting to, uh, you know, to, they may be forced to, right, by their credit committee to, to rebalance their assets. So they may wind up in a situation where they just don't refinance loans that are performing because they can't. Yeah, they um, can't. Yeah. So... They're going to be cherry picking the strongest operators and the you know so there there are going to be those opportunities too I, it does raise the question of who's going to finance those deals though right because if all the banks are in the same situation and they're all overweighted to, towards multifamily yeah. you know i mean i guess it's going to be private lenders or you know non-bank lenders or maybe there are some banks out there that didn't get into real estate as heavily and now they're they're kind of the only you know they'll decide okay now's the time but I think it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with those. I mean, the banks, the banks may, I mean, let's just sort of do a thought experiment. Like if the banks sure. don't want to finance them, but then they have to take them back and nobody else wants to finance them because they're all in the same situation. Like what happens, you know, you yeah. just wait around for cash buyers, I guess. And then there may be some real bargains that, you know, if that happens where the banks at some point are like, we just, all right, we're not going to get a hundred cents back. We'll take 50. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be wild. And 
Uh, I remember buying a multifamily directly from a bank. I think it was 11, 2011. And they, t- they, they reached out to me. The bank reached out to me. They saw that I bought the building next door. They saw that I was improving it, right? So putting in real capital. And they called me. And I met the bank president down there on a weekend of all things. I remember it because it was like August and he's wearing a full suit. I'm like, why are you wearing a suit? It's a weekend. <laughs> but I guess that's what bankers do. And uh, yeah, we we took it over um, for the debt that was on the building. Uh, we got a, a, their interest rate was reduced. And all we had to do was escrow 50 grand in repairs, which we would have spent anyway at the bank. Right. It was like, yeah, of course we'll do that. Right. So um yeah. So the thing is, you know, so one of one of my coaching students, so I, for, for whatever reason, I sort of, I, I have a coaching program where I, where I wind up with students who are like more experienced than me, which is great. Yeah. Me, right. But um, one of my, one of my students, we did our, our call last night and uh, you know, he was saying, look, guys, you have to start uh, really deepening your relationships with your bankers right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, everybody has, if you're in business, everybody has a banker, right? You've got some person at the bank that's like your first point of contact that you know. He said, start talking to those people and work your way up to the chain to figure out who it is who is in control of the real estate owned by the bank. Because you want to form that relationship now before this starts to happen. That's so that when point. it starts to happen, they're going to come to you because they're going to know, hey, you're the, the person who can buy this stuff, right? Yeah. So it's it's a good thing to do and i'm i'm definitely gonna start doing this myself uh you know in the the banks i'm developing relationships with like in upstate new york and stuff because those regional banks right i mean those are the the ones if you're talking about sort of fannie freddie loans i mean they're going to go to a special servicer it's very institutional like it's kind of like how do you get to those people there's many layers of people in in between you know to, to try to get to it's a little harder but for Community banks, credit unions, like whoever it is that you're dealing with uh, for your own banking, those those banks have loans too for real estate. Yeah. And those banks are gonna, they're less well capitalized than these institutional, you know, players. And they're they have rules with that where they where they have to keep some of this stuff on their balance sheet. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna want to get it off their balance sheet if they have to take it back. So you wanna be known to them now before this happens. Yeah, I totally agree. The last thing to kind of talk about in this scenario is we're very early in this. I think lots of people in the room acknowledge that it's coming. It started. I can say that uh, the Houston example was thrown around a couple of different times. More other people responded. There's more behind that. Uh, but again, we're really early. You know, we might be in the first inning, right? The, people can see it coming. Is it a tsunami? Is it just a big wave? You know, whatever that is. But uh, this is coming and it it it's going to be probably 18, maybe 24 months of opportunity slash pain. Yeah. And, you know, the office market is going to affect everything too, right? It will. Because the banks, they're going to have to get capital from somewhere and they're, where are they going to grab it from, right? They're going to grab it from the, the assets that are performing. So, um, you know, they, you know, you could do everything right. And yeah, because exactly. the bank is having an issue with, uh, off, you know, their office loans, uh, yeah. it could be a problem for you. But um, Michael, I'm, so I'm curious, what other takeaways did you have from the conference? Uh, so a couple of things I noted down is um, there's lots of ways to do this, right? We had some operators up there buying total junk, others buying assets. We had 
uh, operator not syndicating, but still built a portfolio of 600. Yeah. I thought was quite impressive. Um, you had different size of syndicators, right? The whole vocabulary that was shared was really why I came because it's not where I play at all. Um, yeah, I, I, creativity was impressive. The stories, I love the close of day one. I, I forget the gentleman's name. Uh, he talked about locations, very data dependent. Uh, Brian Burke, yeah. Yeah, Brian Burke, he's uh, awesome. Burke. I, I, had, I, I had not heard him speak before. I thought he was extremely sharp and he kind of plays the, plays the role of the, you know, the, I don't know, the down on the down luck guy or whatever, but he's clearly brilliant. Yeah. Brian uh, is it's a stick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we go into day two, kind of the legal game and angle was good. It's just a, a whole eye-opening experience for both Olivia and I. Um, we got what we wanted from the event. Um, just knowing there's different pools and different levels. That was my big takeaway. And I think I shared it on the, my daily financial news is there's so many levels to this game, right? And we were in a room where we were the small fish. And um, it was it was both uncomfortable, but it's what we paid for. So it was it was fun to see. That's great. And, and just you know, I want everybody to know that we are going to do this again. So most likely towards the end of 2024, we're going to give ourselves enough time this time to like really do it right. You know, sort of get the thing all set up, you know, so we're not scrambling like we were this time. But uh, yeah, just yeah, keep your uh, keep your ears and eyes open for it. We will definitely uh, you know be having some kind of special thing for listeners. Yeah, think about that. Think about yeah. that. End of 24. Talk about great timing, right? Yeah. We, a year from now, we'll kind of know where we are. It'll probably be the fourth inning, maybe fifth inning. There'll be opportunity left, but there'll also be wins. There'll be stories to be told. Yeah, uh, both good and bad, and uh, that's great timing, I think. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to Brian Burke talking about how he bought crazy great product at like pennies on the dollar. You know, yes, wash with cash after selling everything last year. You know, so yeah. uh, that'll be that'll be fun to uh, to listen to. But I, I I really hope everybody will come. You know, next time we had yeah. a great crowd. From or at this time, yeah, you know, more of you guys next time, and uh, that would be good. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Well, Jonathan, how can people follow you? You put on a great Facebook group, which more people need to join. Yeah, absolutely. So come to Apartment Investors Club uh, on Facebook, and um, just uh, you know, let me know that you're from the show. You don't have to, but I mean, it's always great yeah. to see from the show. So just drop in one of the questions that you have to answer that um, that you're from the show. Not the email question. Don't put it in there because yeah, it'll mess up the the automation. But um, the uh, the um, other questions, yeah, please uh, please let me know that you're from there. And you can also, uh, you know, go to, uh, I have a free download, which I don't have with me today because I'm home, but um, you can get that on my website, which is uh, apartmentinvestorsclub.com. So go grab that download. It tells you how to syndicate a deal and, you know, all the steps you need to follow. So very cool. Thanks, Jonathan.